is a Bulldog Radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open. Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown Bulldogs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the most valuable Sports Podcast. I'm Brandon Worth. Cross from me, Joe Nagy. We got a banger of an episode. Ferris State Sports Report domination over the weekend, as well as a lot to go on in the NFL. The Pro Bowl is changing, Joe, and seems very interesting. It's going to be an interesting little change for that. I'm excited to talk about that, and then we'll close out this uh, quick little episode with a nice little discussion about American Cornhole League coming up, the season and all that stuff. million-dollar season. It's going to be sick. Can't wait to talk about that. Going to be cool. But first, we got a special guest coming on the show, Brennan Kearney of Ferris State Cross Country. One of my roommates and teammates will be joining us to talk about his journey to Ferris State in the season so far, and it's going to be a great interview. So without further ado, let's swing into the interview. Now joined in studio, Brennan Kearney is here from Ferris State Cross Country and Track and Field, a.k.a. one of my teammates, and... One of my roommates, Brendan. Welcome to the show, for my friend. Hey, thanks for having me on. Brendan, super great to have you here. Uh, first question for you, how's the season been going so far? Got a few races under your guys' belt. You know, what are you guys looking forward to? What do you guys got to work on? Yeah, absolutely. So we've had uh, Bulldog, which is at Khaki here, and then we had uh, Spartan six days later, so it was a short turnaround. Um, I would say Bulldog went pretty well for most of us, actually. We had a really good showing as a team, went one through six, and uh, we really... I think that set us up for the season. We had a pretty good showing there. But then Spartan was a little tougher. The weather was brutal. Um, and Spartan's always a tough course. The wet, grass was a little wet. And, uh, yeah, it, it was hot. So um, I'd say Bulldog went well. Spartan, we put the work in. Maybe not the results we wanted. But um, we've we've gotten some good work in so far this year. For sure. Yeah, and everybody's story into running is certainly unique. And yours certainly is. Just talk about what made you start in running, uh, especially at Frazier and even before then. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I know a lot of people start running in middle school or maybe even earlier. I really didn't start running until my freshman year of high school. Um, So in middle school, I was on the drum line and I was like center snare in the drum line. It was it was a um, that's what I enjoyed to do. Um, And then I tried out for, you know, the high school drum line and I wanted to be on the snare drum. And uh, I was better than one of the guys that made it on, but the guy that made it on over me was a senior and I was a freshman. So they put me on cymbals and I said, yeah, that's not worth my time. I will not be doing that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I gave running a shot and uh, here we are. Absolutely. And especially, you know, with the recruiting process and stuff like that in high school, what was that like to, you know, be recruited by Ferris? Were they, you know, one of the first, one of the last? Like, what was that kind of like? Um, yeah, so I had a lot of schools reach out to me. Um, Ferris, I actually reached out to Coach Kelsch. Um, so yeah, it was, it was different recruiting here as opposed to everywhere else. But, um, yeah, I had a, my unofficial visit with coach. Um, and then after that, we scheduled an official visit, stayed the night in, uh, Andrea Babsky's dorm and, uh, yeah. And the rest is history. And now I'm here. Awesome. Yeah. And you're studying uh, business right now and just talk about, uh, the overall academic pleasures you've had and, uh, especially having all some of your teammates as well being, uh, in the, the finance world as well. Yeah. So I'm a finance major and I actually just added another major. I'm an econ major cause I wanted to fill up four full years here. Um, so yeah, I'm a finance and econ dual major and, uh, Donis Harris is actually also a finance major. Shout out to Donis. Yeah. So he's, he lives in our house. He's on the other side of our house. Um, and so I, it's pretty nice to be able to uh, ask him questions if I have trouble with anything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been good. Um, Classes aren't that that difficult. I went to a STEM school in high school, so this stuff is not that difficult compared to. I know some of you engineering majors out there. That that stuff is difficult, but business is not that hard compared. Yeah, not to the red that. the redneck wood schools that me and Joe grew <laughs> yeah, up. Shameless, <laughs> for sure. Shameless flex there, no big deal. Yeah, <laughs> especially with us being cornfield guys, just no big deal about <laughs> that either. Uh, and speaking of the house, you know, new house for the cross team. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how, how's it been? How's uh, the new digs looking like? Oh, it's been great, dude. It's so fun to to live with your teammates. And last year I lived with a few of my teammates, Casey and Dan. Um, but this year we have a full house to ourselves. Um, there's two four bedroom sides. There's only seven of us living in there this year, but it's it's been great. It makes time fly, really. It's like wow, it's already like midway through week five. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, for sure. And it's been a pleasure being able to 
to live with you guys and uh, just talk about overall. I mean, you're coming from Frasier now. We call and joke around as a team as the concrete jungle in the zoo. Uh, just talk about the comparison coming from almost the heart of Detroit into the hillbilly hay fields <laughs> here in Big Rapids. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Frasier and Big Rapids are not alike at all. Um, for one, well, in terms of running, Frasier is completely flat. You will not find any hills in Frasier. I mean, if you want to do a hill workout, you, you might have to go to like a sledding hill or something. Like that's what we've done that in the past. Um, and that's that's as much elevation gain as you're going to get. Whereas in Big Rapids, you can't go two feet without, you know, going up and down a hill. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of concrete in Frasier. It's, there's not much um, dirt. So it's, it's nice to, you know, when we do long runs here by Clear Lake or we'll, you know, we run on Riverwalk all the time. It's nice to get on dirt. Uh, so in terms of running, very different. Uh, just in terms of everything else, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little different. Big Rapids isn't that much different because, you know, it is a city. It's a college town. Um, but once you start getting a little further out of Big Rapids, I mean, we're in the country. Much so. more yeah, we got, yeah. We, got the, we got the cornfields and everything yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And especially with kind of Big Rapids and going on workouts and stuff like that, Big Rapids is not usually the most sunny place. It's usually raining. It's getting cold, especially with the change of season now. It's getting a little bit colder. You know, can you kind of talk about what going through workouts is like now, especially with the change of seasons? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's something that separates us at Ferris um, from some other teams. Um, you know, Saginaw, Grand Valley, you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> those teams are blessed with some really nice indoor facilities, but we do not have those luxuries. But I think that's something we rally around as a team. Um, we're out there no matter what the weather is, you know, that it's storming. If it's, you know, beautiful, if it's super hot, it doesn't matter what the weather we're out there grinding. And, uh, I think that really pays off when it comes to races because you're not going to stop racing if it rains. So let's, let's run in the rain, you know, let's, let's run when there's 15 mile per hour winds and we get, we get good workout and workouts in. Yeah. yeah the being, blue collar bulldogs, man. Absolutely. Yeah, any sport, anytime, anywhere, but there's no, there's, I think a lot of people, uh, don't get in the context of what the cross country track and field community is like. It's a really tight knit group. And I mean, obviously now being a part of it for multiple years, like myself, just talk about uh, all the, the relationships that you've made with guys on the team and uh, just overall the chemistry being so much improved now over these last couple of years. Oh yeah. It's crazy. I never would have thought that we were in this position uh, coming in a couple of years ago when I was a freshman, but here I am, you know, here we are a couple, couple years later, the team is so close. Um, really everyone that's on the team, it really wants to be here now. You know, we, we don't have anyone that, that is, uh, you know, just here just to be an athlete. Um, but we have everyone, everyone here wants to work. We put in the work and this is the most in like in-depth team we've ever had the front end depth is crazy so that's what like I, I know Brandon said this I think a couple podcasts ago but like he was top dog at um at the first the first meet mm -hmm. but he wouldn't be surprised if he was fifth the next meet and that's the same thing for me I think I was like second the first meet and then I was fourth the next meet you know and there's no shame in that because our team is so good mm -hmm. so good we're getting there and especially be that selfless and have that kind of mindset to be where it's, you know, a competitive mindset, especially in practices, but also to be, you know, congratulatory for your fellow teammates to be playing good. You know, how important is that to be able to, you know, especially later on the season when guys might be a little bit dog, they might be a little bit tired, but, you know, you guys, you got the guys behind you to be able to really rally behind you and give you kind of that extra boost. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's huge. Um, running, a lot of it's individual you know, it's an individual sport in the sense that you have to run your time. No one else can run your time for you, but it's huge in the team aspect where you have to rally around each other. Running is long. Like we're always in season outside of the summer. And so you really have to encourage the guys. They have to encourage you and uh, you use each other. You build off each other. Um, and that's how you, you get a good team. Absolutely. Yeah. And we got some big races on deck, Louisville and Lewis, I'm sure. Uh, the two that we're probably most looking forward to uh, this upcoming season. Uh, just talk about the preparation, what it's been like for those races, and as well uh, going to be able to be closer to home now for Gleax and as well as the Warrior Challenge uh, over at Wayne State later this year. Yeah, absolutely. So Louisville is going to be fun. Um, that is one of the fastest courses in the country probably for collegiate running. And, uh, yeah, we're expecting some big things, big PRs coming, I'm, I imagine, from most, if not the whole team. Um, and then Lewis will be good. That's in, uh, right outside Chicago. And, uh, that's, that's usually a good race. There's, there's a big hill that, uh, 
that's right at the beginning that that's tough, but that's always a, a pretty competitive race as well. And then, yeah, in terms of um, Wayne State hosting the uh, Warrior Challenge and then Gleax, that'll be that'll be cool. It'll be nice to be home. And I know some people from back home said that they're going to come out and support just because of how close it is to uh, where I live. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really awesome to hear. And uh, last question for you, Brandon. We asked this to everybody. Uh, what's your favorite thing about being a Fair State Bulldog? Um, I think I think it's stuff that we've already covered. I think it's the blue collar mentality. You know, blue collar bulldog. It's we don't we don't have everything, and I obviously we have more now that we have that uh, nice beautiful weight room. Um, but we don't have an indoor track. We don't have you know the nicest facilities. We don't even have all of our stuff to make a full track team. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we grind with what we have and, uh, we make do, and that's probably a benefit to us. And then, um, also what we were talking about in terms of the team, this is a very close team this year. And, uh, it's really great to see how far the team has progressed in terms of chemistry and skill level. I mean, we've, we've really worked hard and we're building this program. Awesome. We're we're getting there, baby. My friend, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate the time, man. Big thanks for Brendan for coming on the show. Uh, it's super great to have him on, on and get a good little conversation going and be able to kind of get what it's like to be a Fair State Bulldog and coming in from uh, across the state. It's really cool to see. But we'll hop right into the Fair State Sports Report. Brandon, let's just start with football. Football. Domination. Across the board. I don't think you can really claim it as anything else. That was just a pure show of incredible football talent, I guess. 69-3 to over Waldorf University. Pretty boring game after the second half started, <laughs> not going to lie. It was basically, a, like, a, like I said, all fair state. It was a little bit slow start. I think we went, what, 14-3 to the first, first quarter. Uh, so it was a little bit scary then. But, man, 35 points in the second half. Uh, and sorry, in the second quarter. And then we just kept the train rolling. 69-3. That's just incredible. Great uh, showing from Carson Golker. Five touchdowns. Uh, Tyrese Hunt-Thompson got a really quick touchdown from Evan Cummins to start the game, which we've been seeing kind of as a – as a staple so far in our offense, we really tried to get that big play right off the bat. Uh, and there's just some really good performances from everybody else. A lot of kickers got to be able to show their stuff today or that day as well. So, Brandon, it was just a good good all-around homecoming uh, for the Bulldogs. Oh, what a great homecoming for sure. Shout-out to Waldorf for coming out. I'm um, sure that was a, a very tough trip for them mm-hmm. um, and definitely a good opportunity. You see opportunity. some of their parents uh, rode across the ferry? I uh, did they really? Yeah, they oh, took yeah. their they went to the Badger and they took put their cars in the Badger. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty sick. Making an experience, why not? So it's oh, about. I mean, I'm oh, sorry, it's about the same time because it's like a three hour drive, three hour boat ride. Right. It's like yeah. A three hour drive. Yeah. To go. Been going all the way around. Yeah. yeah. And it's an experience too. Sure. But no, uh, I'm sure they learned a lot from this game playing us, and uh, we appreciate them. Um, it's hard to schedule teams uh, <laughs> against to play a national champion on homecoming. Ooh. Yeah, you know, yeah, not really get a lot of people want to play. No, not going to get a lot of people that want to play us. But uh, shout out for them for coming out. But yeah, it was great to see. Um, there was a really, really good showing all across the board. I mean, the second quarter was definitely where this game was put away. Um, the momentum was all in our favor because Waldorf was actually getting uh, somewhere, especially after that botch snap on that mm-hmm. punt on fourth down, uh, and then being able to stop them for a field goal. Uh, there in the first quarter was crucial um, because that could have tied the game up. And, I mean, it could have gotten a lot closer from there. But we ended up stalling them from there, uh, got a field goal on the ensuing possession, and then out of the gate got a couple turnovers and just let it rip. Three touchdowns on the ground for Carson Golker in that quarter as well as Evan Cummins got in the end zone. And then Childress absolutely mossed a dude. Mossed a guy. Mossed. That was like – I was like, oh, that's going to be intercepted. And he's just like, Whoop. snatch. I'll be just jump over you and pull it over you real quick. That no. was an incredible catch. No problem for Coach Chill. No problem for him at all. But, no, it was a great performance all across the board. Uh, three takeaways I found from this game. One, Evan Cummins can still sling it. We give him a lot of credit as a running quarterback. A and dog. he definitely has a dominant skill set running the football. But he's still got an arm. And he's definitely going to keep defensive defenses honest. Uh, and, I mean, especially right out of the gate. 63-yard pass. On the on money. A dot on the down money. the sideline to Tyrese Hunt Thompson in that first drive. And that was really what really solidified it from across the board. I think he ended up finishing 13 of 19 passing um, for just over 200 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he did have an interception, but that really wasn't technically his fault uh, as the ball was tipped. But anyway, it was still great to see uh, that di- uh, that double dimension offense on display, too. He ended up getting the end zone, and obviously Carson Golker, uh, five touchdowns, his role inside the red zone. Uh, is going to be crucial for us because as much as it is, 
I mean, you'd only have to put him in the red zone, but you know exactly what he's going to do. He's mm-hmm. going to bowl his way through the offensive and defensive line and find the end zone. So he's definitely going to be the red zone man. Be very interested to see what packages they scheme up in the second half when teams start to load the box against us because he can also throw the football. It's, you know, it's fun when you have a lot of weapons, Joe, on, on your team, you know. Yeah, it just makes a, things a little it's different. A nice, it's a nice little thing. And it's nice, too, especially because these guys are really stepping up, especially with Malik being out. It was kind of a little bit of an iffy situation, especially going into the Lenore Ryan game when uh, it was t- said that Malik was going to be out for a few weeks. But to see these guys really step it up, especially on the ground, and also be able to pick up the passing game too, it's just really going to be able to keep defenses on their toes, especially with Finley coming up, which we'll talk a little bit more about Thursday. But that's going to be a team that's going to be a really good test to kind of get back into the swing of things right before Gleak play starts up. So very excited for that one. But, you know, Evan, especially last year, wasn't a guy who you could really trust too well in on the in the air. But, you know, now it seems like it really worked on that over the offseason. And he's been really picking that up, which is really good, especially seeing that we can toss in really whoever. Jesse got a few snaps as well, and he looked pretty solid. You know, we can toss in really anybody, and they're going to be able to do some damage. Yeah, the second thing um, that I took away from this game is we give our defensive line a lot of credit, but our secondary can still ball. Like, these guys <laughs> are elite level. Jameel Thomas almost had two interceptions. He should have had he two He should have had pick six. He yeah. should have had pick six. I mean, in the press conference, me and Joe were up there. Unfortunately, that footage was lost in the transition uh, to lost being forever. on YouTube. Uh, but, no, when he was up there, he's like, man, I'm still thinking about that drive. I think he I think he was. After the he game. Saw, he saw the end zone. Like, yeah. he, there was literally maybe the quarterback might have caught him, but it was just going to be a 30-yard sprint. Deer in he headlights. Would've... Nothing in front it, of him. It's just one of those things. You know, it's just like you got to – be able to keep your head on head on a, not a head on a swivel. You gotta keep your head on your shoulders in those situations. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, he made it back. Got an interception. Basically, I don't know, three or four drives after that. Yeah, he be able to almost really wasn't his. It was actually two. One uh, him and I. I can't remember who the other player was. Almost collided to both intercept yeah. it. But Jamil ended up. So with yeah, throwback to the throwback to the uh, national championship game with um, Liam and yeah, uh, I think it was I think Sydney at, or something. Yeah, like or Alex, Alex might have been colliding yeah. for the interception, but. Hey, we have a nose for the football, and that's the third thing I wanted to bring up, no matter what side, because the heads-up plays that we made, I think one of the, the most underrated plays in this game was when that when Evan uh, had that fumbled snap. It was recovered by Waldorf, uh, and then he came, he ran down the defender and stripped it back out, and we got the football back. That was an underrated play on that drive and went up scoring from it. I mean, that's huge. Like, you're mm-hmm. giving your team a chance to get the football back, after uh, just an unfortunate error on both sides. so um, But it was definitely, and I mean, I don't know how many times defensive line got through, absolutely was just punching the football out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Waldorf ended with five fumbles. They only lost three of them, um, but two of them were, I, I literally one of them I saw got punched literally like 10 yards in the air. And I don't remember if it was Oladipo or if it was uh, Murphy that punched it out. It went straight up in the air. Uh, but our guys find the football, and, mm-hmm. and that's a huge part uh, for this team is we end up getting these chances back and able to take that and turn it into points. That's what's huge because there's a lot of teams that we see um, and across the board in all sports, for example, and I hate to bring it up with Brendan to be on the, the, the episode here earlier, but the Raiders, his team, they're great at getting down the field but finding the end zone. Hardest Can't part, get it right? Done. So we're end up. We have a great job of being able to score in the red zone. Uh, we do have to work on the little things, uh, of course. Uh, I mean, obviously, snapping has been a little bit of a concern. Yeah, we've a had a bit. couple. I mean, we've had what two or three, but I mean, that's only in the rain. That yeah, we've seen each that, game. So. Yeah, obviously, it's going to go with the elements for sure. But um, cleaning those up will make us better for sure. And uh, third down, definitely, we can be a little bit better at. Mm-hmm. I think we're four of ten. Granted, we weren't on third down a lot during this yeah, game. Yeah, we at all. a lot of times we, you know, kept going on first down. You know, first, right. first and 10, first and 10, first and 10. Yeah, so. it's just a momentum. So, obviously, we want to keep that as going. But if it doesn't necessarily, we get to second and third down, being able to still convert uh, will be crucial for this football team if they want to go far this postseason. But, yeah, exactly. dominant performance across the board. I mean, both sides played great. Saw a lot of second, third string guys get in, and they showed a lot of great stuff. Deion Small, he looks like a very promising player. He had a really nice kick return and a couple catches. Um, so, it's definitely going to be nice to see him being behind a lot of these 
uh, really good slot guys that we have, like Marcus and CJ, um, that really he can take into that role. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we got so many talented players, and it's just so unfortunate. They're, they're going to have to move on at some point. But, I mean, the depth we got, man, we got yeah. so many guys behind them. It's, it sucks we can't play them all, to be yeah. honest. It sucks. It, it really is tough to be able to have that many guys behind uh, and to not be able to you know, get them to shine. But at least with this game being as much as many points as we score in that uh, deficit that Waldorf had, we were able to get a lot of guys in, which was really good. But I think we want to hear some scores from around the league. Yes, sir. Saginaw yeah. Valley took on Michigan Tech in their first matchup of the year. This one was a non-conference. They won 35-13. to Saginaw Valley did uh, up in Houghton. Uh, and then Northern Michigan defeated Post 42-14 to um, for their homecoming game. Davenport went to take on Northwood, the former GLIAC member. They won 51-17. to And Grand Valley State took on Wayne State, also in a non-conference matchup. Uh, they will be taking each other on later. Because what do they play for? Like the golden boots or something like that? Or the uh, ugly shoes? Could be. I'm not totally sure. I forget sure. what their thing is called, but they have a rivalry game. 48-9, to Grand Valley State won for that one. And, boy, that makes it for a little bit of a spicy little thing going on in the AFCA coaches poll. Because Ferris State's number one and Grand Valley is number two. Will that stay for the next three weeks? Hopefully it will because <sighs> a so. one versus two matchup for the anchor bone. Would be home. insane. That'll be the first time that that's ever happened. Yeah, too, we had a we had a two versus three a couple years ago. Our fr- or what was it? Our freshman year, right? Was the two versus three matchup? I think it was, and that was when Detroit Fox, Fox, Fox Detroit was here. Yep, I think something yeah. something like that. We were both top five or top three for sure. Yeah, we um, ended up winning that game, which was really good. And mm-hmm. I mean, we went to Lubbers, but this is the first time that we'll be back at uh, Top Taggart in the regular season against the Lakers since 2019 so it's going to be a really cool situation it's going to be packed i bet we'll probably i'm you'll probably be seeing ten thousand people there most likely honestly yeah at, at if least. it keeps it that's right grand yeah. valley grand valley fans travel well i mean we'll have a lot of people show out i mean i know a lot of people that a lot of alumni are going to come back to that game i mean i got a sister who goes to grand valley who's bringing who she's coming and a lot of her uh friends that she went to school with are coming to that game so it's going to be really cool it's going to be a really great experience in these next three weeks yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, Green Valley showed a lot of great things offensively. They have the leading passer mm-hmm. in the GLIAC right now in Cade Peterson. This is probably Grand Valley's best team they've had in 10 years. Oh, yeah, I would say that they're up there. I think that this team that we I've at least seen um, from some of their games is better, a little bit better than last year's team. And mm-hmm. I think that it's definitely going to be a fun matchup. And, I mean, buck, buckle your seatbelts, punch your tickets. October 15th, baby, it's going Something's down. Gonna sell out. Well, I bet they're probably not going to sell out because we have such like we basically have unlimited space there yeah kind of we don't really have we'll have people up on the grass up in the we'll have people probably all around the grass south end zone for sure we'll probably set up a set up um stands for the other side too i would hope so that's what we did last time yeah pack the house yeah i hope so it's gonna be be fun it's gonna be fun um but first they'll be taking on finley this upcoming weekend driving to ohio uh, to face the Oilers in that long-time rivalry contest. Uh, one o'clock kickoff, I believe, is slated for mm-hmm. that game. You can we'll follow t- along. We'll uh, talk about that more Thursday as well. Yeah, we'll talk about that Thursday for sure. Uh, anyway, in recap, uh, volleyball was also in action over the weekend. Um, overall, a solid weekend. I think it probably went a little bit better expecting, um, or I should say uh, went a little bit less than expected. Uh, over this weekend, obviously I had the slip up against Davenport. Um, three to two was the the final in that one, but bounced right back against a good Saginaw team. Ended up beating them three nothing uh, to get at least a split on the weekend. But I think that you still saw a lot of great things uh, from that Davenport game. Obviously, did not play our best. Um, we had mm-hmm. a, a couple sets there where we just weren't uh, getting quite quite the best setups. I think that we wanted. Um, and I was following along some of the play by play. Um, but, I mean, we still hung in there. We stayed gritty, uh, even though we were down early, um, especially after the third set. You know, backs against the wall a little bit. Kept fighting back, and that's what we like to see, and we've seen from this team mm-hmm. before. Um, just simply ran out ran out of the special stuff going yeah, into set five. Yeah, which was kind of unfortunate. I think we were just a little bit sloppy in those first three sets. We were able to pick one up, but I think just kind of making sure we can stay the course because the last couple of times that we've gone to uh, the fifth set or even the fourth set, we've kind of been struggling a little bit. I mean, the past three games before that, we went 3-0. and But even at Wayne State, uh, when we had to play them and then went 3-2, to it was a very gritty game. It wasn't the best showing that we've ever had, uh, especially with kind of hit performances and stuff like that. But we were able to do pretty well. So I think especially going into future, kind of especially getting ready for this weekend uh, with Northern and Michigan Tech, two pretty good, two very good teams, Michigan Tech making it to the regionals uh, last year. You know, we got to make sure that we either one 
get out fast, get out hot, and, you know, set the tone early, or just keep a nice, consistent grit throughout the whole way through, or else if we kind of fall apart near the fifth set or the fourth set, uh, if they're able to steal one from us, then it might not be the best thing. Yeah. Uh, overall, like, I when I keep looking at correlations, um, the two biggest things that uh, that pop up um, in the games that we've lost this year are hit percentage um, and errors. Those are mm-hmm. been the when those are higher, um, we're definitely in uh, position. And I think one of the biggest things, service errors were a big part. Twenty one service errors this weekend. That's the most we've had in mm-hmm. a game this season. And I mean, we still fought back. We were still gritty. And Davenport's a good team. They're a really good team. They're ten and four right now, um, or at least when they were when we played them. So uh, that's definitely a, a good sign that we we're able to play with these good teams. Obviously, would have loved to win. Uh, but I mean, overall, uh, we have one of the best attacking teams in the conference. I mean, we have had games where we finish above three three hit percentage, which is incredible. Um, and I think we've only had uh, one game that we've won where we've been um, uh, just on or above two hundred, I believe. Uh, in total. So, I mean, or excuse me, we've only had one game that we have won lower than uh, 200. Or no, it's 220. I, I'm, my apologies. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Wayne State. That was that gritty five-set game. Um, so, I mean, we were 1-9-1 against Davenport. Not the best, but certainly made up for it against uh, Saginaw Valley. I mean, dominance took the errors down completely. 3-5-7 hit percentage. That's lights out. And they're back in the win column here in this opening GLIAC slate. But Joe, over to soccer. I'm down. Soccer, we go. I mean, it was a very solid weekend. Uh, got two wins on two special days, Alumni Appreciation Day and Senior and Parents Weekend. Um, 3 nothing was the combined score, 1-0 against Purdue Northwest and 2 nothing against Wisconsin Parkside. Uh, offense had a lot of opportunities, which we expected in this mm-hmm. one. Um, just couldn't quite get them all in the back of the net, and if we did, it would have been lopsided. Because, uh, I mean, if you look at the stats in that opening Northwest game, 14 uh, shots on goal. Yeah. Do you want to know the total shots? 36 to 3. Yeah. That just shows you. We had a lot of opportunities, mm-hmm. and that's just been really story of the year so far. This Basically. is a really good team that just hasn't quite found the net as much as we have liked. Yeah, just have not been able to kind of find the back of the net, which is unfortunate. But I think especially just getting that mu- that amount of volume uh, just says that we're you know really going to be able to kick it up, especially when it, I think when we kind of find our groove a little bit, we've kind of been struggling with getting, especially with offsides and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, capitalizing on set pieces is a big thing, especially against uh, Parkside. We did uh, get, a, get one off the corner, but it's like a quick corner where it passed to Izzy and she kind of went, Dice through the defense in top corner, like it was an incredible shot. But especially with Wisconsin Parkside, I mean, we had what eight corners? Yeah, I, mean, I think like a lot. twelve set pieces or something like that. Yep. And not to mention we had almost yeah eleven. We had eleven shots on goal, twenty five shots total. So we were able to really kind of keep the momentum going. It's just once again we just got to be able to find the back of the net, kind of get more quality shots on goal rather than the ones that we did have were kind of just more you know rebounds or just kind of like desperation shots almost that weren't super great or super well placed, which if you are able to do like really only have to do is just kind of find yourself more time or just get a little bit more calm, cool and collected under those moments. Because once you do, you know, a little bit farther to the right, especially at the close range where we've been getting our shots, it's going to be able to go and it's not going to be easy to save. Yeah. I was watching Ted Lasso the other day and he was mentioning after they had the, for those familiar with the show, they had the, the streak of like the seven games uh, where they didn't uh, end up winning or losing. They just had this giant tie streak. And uh, I think, or I just vividly remember Coach Lasso uh, saying something along the lines of like, hey, it's going to it's going to be weird. It's not going to go the way that it, we expect it to, but it's going to happen. We keep the course, we do things right, then it's going to end up making up itself. Sure enough, they did lose the game, but I mean, they did break the streak, which was the goal, and then they went on a huge winning streak. Uh, but that's been an awesome show. Uh, an unintentional shout out, I guess, to Ted Lasso. If you guys haven't watched that show, I mean, oh my gosh, I wish fantastic. I had Apple TV. Fantastic! I just got mine with my Roku TV purchase, and so I'm just binging it, and I'm getting caught up, and it's fantastic. But yeah, anyway, I mean. Would have loved more goals over the weekend. I'm sure Coach Henson mm-hmm. uh, would have too. We heard him say that in the post game. Uh, but I mean, still ending up finding the net. Two wins is what you asked for. Six points, um, which will be crucial in the standings now as we're trying to catch up with Northern uh, and Grand Valley in that category. But uh, 
Julia Bernal, first goal is a Bulldog. Congrats to her. First of the season, um, as well as Izzy Zamberini doing Izzy Zamberini-type things in that second yeah. game against Parkside, doing it all herself. And almost had a almost had a hat trick. Almost had a hat trick. If, she, if that bike was, bicycle kick went in, that would have been sick. Oh, my goodness. Dude, that that, that kind of went sports center. That went off the top because she beat the goalie. It just went off the, top, went off of the, the top. off the top, and I was like, dang. It was like a half one. She didn't like fully commit, but she did like kick over her head kind of. It would have been really sick. But. Yeah, but Dominic's in the Parkside game for sure as well. And uh, ended up getting to see Lauren and goal that uh, Friday game, so that was cool as well. And Adaria also picked up the weekend in that on Sunday um, against Parkside. So Zamborini going for two goals. Cole and Ella Wolf got the assist. Lindsey Cole also Gliak Player of the Week. So sick. congrats to her. And also Eddie Jewett for football as the Specialist of the Week as well. Congrats to them. Huge congrats, the congrats. Uh, big shout-out for them. Uh, earning that honor very cool honor so very very cool pretty sick yeah anyway uh moving on final sport uh, of the weekend golf was in action over the weekend what was golf home. up to brandon oh golf was up to you know golf things you could say <laughs> Golfing. Uh, not gonna lie when i was following along with um the fall invitational they had at home it was still wet and it didn't look as fun <laughs> as probably expected um but i mean still played really well uh, i mean the b team showed out for sure uh, ending up finishing second only to Saginaw Valley overall uh, in the two-round tournament on Saturday. So uh, definitely saw a lot of great things. Uh, I think this team is definitely on the up and up, and I think we saw a lot of great things, um, especially overall scoring. And just like we were mentioning, Joe, last year, our teams are so much, like they're so dominant at being able to improve from round one to round two to round three to round mm-hmm. four. I mean, if we don't start, if we don't start out hot, we're able to really uh, pick it up. Especially, you know, with, I mean, we see it everywhere. I mean, golf, basketball, soccer. We see it when they come out the halftime. You know, first quarter for football, usually we're a little bit slow. Not like lose the game at that point, but you know, no. second quarter is usually when we start to fire on all cylinders. You know, we see it all over the all over across the board for Ferris Athletics, which might be a good thing, might be a bad thing. I guess it's kind of in the eyes of the beholder, but. Still, when you're able to have that much improvement on day two or, you know, day two, second quarter, you know, when you come out the locker room or anything like that, that's just a big, you know, good, a big, a big good thing to have, I guess. I was trying to figure out something else to say, but a big good thing to have is all I can think about. Big good thing to have. But to be able to have that, you know, to kind of fall back on and to be able to know that like, hey, like once it comes around to if we're not going to be clicking in the first quarter or something like that, we'll be able to fix it during halftime. That's really valuable, valuable thing to have. Yeah, would you would you consider the turn between rounds halftime for golf? I guess so. Yeah, intermission. Intermission. What do you actually just a break? I don't know what I they feel call like that. It's just the end of day one. End of day one to day two. What if you're still playing on the same day though? I mean, I guess so. Then it's it, just end of round one. Is it just off period? I'm like not if sure. You play like 36 rounds a day or something. Um, yeah, they play 36 in one day. Oh really? So, yeah. So I'm not sure what the what that would be called. I'll have to talk to Coach Stark. Maybe we should, we should have him in the seat right next to us. We can talk. We can ask him about that. Uh, but yeah, I would board. agree. We'll get him. Yeah, for sure. But uh, Elena Eldred uh, had a dominant performance as well. She finished tied for second with an overall three uh, over score. And Abby Gravel showed out, uh, especially on the B team squad. Uh, she ended up finishing fourth overall, shooting six over uh, on the two rounds. So shout out to those two for some dominant performances. And, uh, I mean, they carried it over pretty well into the the Laker fall invite. And uh, Coach Stark uh, really challenged the teams because <laughs> the weather did not improve from Saturday over to Sunday and Monday. Good so, shot. and that says something right there. Uh, but they ended up playing very, very well. They ended up improving uh, over those two rounds. And, I mean, really took it to a lot of these good teams, beating Saginaw Valley, the team that just played on Saturday. Um, so that's a big comeback for them as well. And Daniel Stowski played very, very well. She shot a seven over um, to finish sixth overall uh, with the team finishing tied for fifth. But we got the edge over Saginaw Valley because why, Joe? We played better we in the do- second round. We got that dog in us. We got that dog in us. That's right. For golf. Get us an x-ray. We'll have some dogs in us. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should definitely make sure that is possible. So uh, definitely. You know what? Side note. Yes. You know what I just noticed? Or I was walking because I had to go have a meeting with Rob yeah. uh, Bentley. Yeah. It's like for athletic stuff. I didn't know that like we, down by the um, this cool little addition, they have like a beware of dog signs kind of around. Yeah, in That's the performance cool. area. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty sick. Beware of dogs. It's on the door for 
that has funny, funny little motivation stuff. Find some motivation. Dude, the weight room is so nice. I'm just going to say it right lie. now. It's we are pretty pleasure. sick. Like, it's really cool. It's been it's been a long just time. Just looking at it through the window, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Being able to lift in there is a pleasure. You need to get, like, a surround sound system in there instead of just a small speaker. Sound sound is coming, but really? it's going to take some time, yes. So, apparently, that is what I've heard. I'd have to insulate the sides because they're more of, like, rafters than anything. So, like, it's not all echoey in there. Yeah, I think so. They're working on it. I know Coach uh, Thede mentioned that they were working on the surround sound. So, it might take some time, uh, but when it does get done, man, it could be been in there probably yeah. it was it was crazy in the unveiling and those that was just i believe like the overhead speakers i want to say and those aren't as good mm-hmm. and it was still bumping in there so you can probably see the video online but yeah. i mean it's a pleasure to have I'm just a lowly i'm just man. lowly uh non-athletic regular person so i have to go to the student rec center they're bumping some Fleetwood Mac this morning, uh, which <laughs> if you want to work out to Sweet Little Lies by or whatever that song is. You don't want to listen to Meek Mill in the weight room? I do, but they don't play good music. So, uh, I, like, I mean, I've listened to my own music anyways, but when I take it out and I hear Fleetwood, uh, Mac. Fleetwood Mac or whatever her name is. <laughs> can't, uh, can't say I would bet me my first choice when, you when know. When I'm trying to hit bench PRs, I can't really, I can't really yeah, find motivation with that. The, the Iron Grind definitely needs some good tunes. And yeah, exactly. Fleetwood Mac would not be my first choice, so. Uh, maybe we maybe somebody from the Rex listening. We need some. We need some bumps. Justin, bumping we need, jams. We need over the, the we need to play us a little bit better. But that'll probably do it for the Fair State Sports Report. We'll yeah. probably hop in the break real quick, and then when we come back, gonna hop into some Pro Bowl changes as well as some American Cornhole League. See you soon. Are you a Fair State student interested in getting into audio production, music, podcasting, or even DJing? Bulldog Radio could be the place for you with plenty of opportunities and hands-on experience within not only these realms, but the marketing and social media opportunities outside. Join us to have your voice heard. No other place than Bulldog Radio. And just like we're back from the break, the Pro Bowl is going to be back uh, this upcoming year. Going to be a good time. However, going to be a little bit of a change to how this is all going to go down. As we know, they have kind of the skills competition uh, leading up to it. I think, what is it, one or two days before, and then they have the game. But the past couple years, the game's been pretty abysmal. Nobody's been watching it, no. mainly because players don't want to get hurt. They don't want to do tackling or anything like that. So it's glorified two-hand touch. But now, Brandon, a little bit of transformation is going to be coming this year. They're going to glorify the two-hand touch. It's going to be a flag football game at the end of a week-long skills competition leading up to the day before the Super Bowl. It's going to be a really, really cool thing. Not to mention, I think this is going to make it so that way teams who are going to be playing in the Super Bowl, some of their guys can go do this. Yeah, I think that uh, we're going to see a change for... I want to say it's a change for the better so far. and I like it because... Pro Bowl sucks, <laughs> like, like, to be honest. So the the biggest thing that I think everybody feels in this scenario is we want a Pro Bowl that showcases the a, true talent the true, of all yeah. these players. But the problem is, in the situation a lot of these players are at at the end of the season, they don't want to go out and take an extra 10, 15 more hits than they yeah, already exactly. have thousands of times in the year already. And there's guys already banged up. So... What we really want to see, ideally, in this kind of a game, is we want to see them at playing all their best, which you're not going to yeah. get in the Pro Bowl. You're never going to get. And it was a good idea at the time, um, but times are changed now where injuries have become more prevalent than ever to team success, mm-hmm. right? Availability is the best ability. Um, but I think this is going to be a great... I bet I hit my mic. That's exchange. why, no, that's you're why good. I'll scream. No, this, like, this is the, a good idea in the sense of now they're bringing this in a whole wide big circle because I'll, I'll explain it. Mm-hmm. With the Pro Bowl games, this is what people... Oh, people want to see the Pro Bowl games idea that we've had. We want to see the skills competitions, precise passing. I like that. Uh, yeah, the, the catching. Um, the dodgeball is always fun. Uh, that was a unique ad. But mm-hmm. like even bringing back some of like the the furthest throw. Yeah. I think especially uh, with it being corner a, punts. a week long thing, I think that's going to be a, I think that's why they're going to add a lot more to it because mm-hmm. they're going to kind of do it where it's because before like they had like the kicker tic-tac-toe, yep. which, was a, which was a cool thing. Yeah. But you know, no punters, punters didn't really have anything these past couple of years. Yeah. What like, happened there to There wasn't Coffin really corner? much. I mean, cornerbacks didn't really do much these past couple of years. Like it kind of made it so that way a lot of guys had to sit out and it did a heavy focus on like, receivers and quarterbacks 
and that was really it. Yeah. And then, I mean, you had the dodgeball game, which everybody could play in. Yeah. But it just wasn't as – I don't think it showcased everything as good. So, I think especially with this week-long thing, they're going to kind of, like, focus on each position a little bit more. Yeah. I'm interested to see what they do for, like, offensive line and stuff. Like what they try to do with that? Yeah, I don't know. Pancake pancake eating competition, maybe. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Imagine yeah, pancake definitely. eating competition, or like a they had to do like a like a push a truck or something like that. So yeah, that would be kind of cool. Now you're thinking. Now you're thinking. Yeah, pushing a a sled the fastest or something. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, but then again, the whole culmination of the flag football game. Um, for the NFL, this is a slam dunk, and here's why. Since 2018, they've really been pushing the idea of being able to get kids involved in football uh, across the board, right? Getting everybody uh, included into the game of football, right? Uh, and especially with the girls' circuit that they, they started uh, supporting the last couple of years. And now being able to provide everyone, not just guys, the opportunity to play football, that's been their goal. And now they're being able to do it with the Pro Bowl uh, it, it makes that so much more round circle uh, inclusive. So I think that that's kind of where they wanted to to bring that in. And I think it's a great idea, too, because we want to see a lot of these guys play flag football, right? We always ask the question, hey, what if, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of the, the former players end up playing uh, in the, the, the flag league every year that has the, the championship uh, covered on ESPN and all of that stuff. We've seen former players like Justin Forsett and those guys uh, play in that league and we're like hey these guys are pretty cool right because we play flag football right like me and joe can't strap the pads on anymore as much as we would like to um, but we still play flag and we know what we can do now we compare ourselves to these nfl players yeah. and i think it's just like wow they are Last truly year incredible players. catch man that's pretty sick ran yeah for, ran for like a 60 yard touchdown yeah i mean nasty. i want a chip in my first year yeah. flag football that is true that's fun like yeah. it's fun game so and i think so too it kind of brings back a sense of legitimacy uh to the thing because, like like we said before, it was pretty abysmal for what we saw. Like yeah. We saw, like, as soon as it would be contact, it's like, okay, that's done. And, like, the linemen didn't try. Like, they just kind of stood up and did whatever. I felt like they were kind of there more for the chore and the check than anything mm-hmm. rather than actually enjoying it. Right. So I think with, you know, it being a flag football game, it's going to really bring out the guys' competitiveness. It's kind of going to be more about the skill players and, you know, cornerbacks and stuff like and, like, secondaries of teams. And it's going to... You're going to see a lot of cool situations, especially with guys who are pretty shifty on their feet, do a little bit more of that type of type of stuff. It's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to it as well, just to be able to experience something a little bit different than what we've been seeing these past couple of years. But, Brandon, what's your favorite uh, of, like, the skills competitions? Oh, favorite? From, like, years past to present. Oh, man. There's so many. I mean, I'd have to, like, look up all you know the, I gotta do this the Pro Bowl competitions in years past. I've always been a big fan of um, especially um, – just the overall precision passing, I think that's a cool idea. Um, I'm not like when they changed it to now you have defenders there too. It's kind of made it like pretty much a, to be honest, like a, a no look, uh, a no look game. Who can throw the best no look passes and whatnot? Um, yeah, that'd be pretty. But sick. I think there's always been a couple. I've personally loved the longest throw. Like I want to see these quarterbacks have especially, cannons especially, let it rip. Especially guys like that we got like Patrick Mahomes, Josh and Allen. Josh Those Allen, guys can Justin sling Herbert it. who can toss just or Josh Allen, guarantee he throws it seventy yards. Oh, if they bring that over. back. I would he, almost he say he throws seventy, seventy five. Yeah, we we've seen him on tape throw for almost eighty yards and before. Like you had a lot of the guys on uh, years past that were that we saw have long like Brett Favre did it I think a couple years ago. Uh, we saw Peyton Manning do it a couple years ago. Well, because they like, had like what it was, was it? fun to see those guys. They just had a competition of Bledsoe, Tom Brady, and I think Kurt Warner and stuff like that. And yeah, those guys were back in Tom Brady's like throwing prime when he could chuck it. He could throw it like seventy yards. Yeah, pretty darn close. Same with Kurt Warner and uh, especially Bledsoe, he could chuck it too. Yeah, I want there to be also some sort of a punting competition that involves call. I don't know if they would call it like coffin corner, like you know in Madden. Where you got to like get inside, there's like a like a, a quadrant of a circle, and it's like the closer you get to the pylon, the more points you have, and the quadrant gets smaller. You know yeah, what I'm talking like about? Tar- yeah, like a quarter of a bullseye kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah, like just something that gives the punters. Because yeah. I don't think we like. I think like a lot of people don't understand how good punters really are. Yeah. Because like the idea of putting a ball perfectly inside of a five yard strip of field uh, with considering bounce a which is never consistent almost but they get it to be consistent right 
Like it would take me probably three, four, five tries to actually hit a turnover. Like, and that's hard enough. These guys have to do it efficiently. They have to do it with precision every single time they touch the football. And that's what is so impressive. And I would love to see these guys show off their skills and like, oh yeah, put it on the three yard line on the right hash. And then they just do it. And you're like, whoa. It's insane what they like, They can do. do that. Like I want to see them actually be able to show that. Quote Rich Eisen, punters are people too, baby. Give mm-hmm. them some recognition. Let them, let them kick some balls, man. <laughs> I'd say probably my favorite was like the, I like the uh, um, thread the needle where like, they have all the targets for a quarterback. Yeah. And then, like, the cornerbacks cool. have to uh, try to block the. Oh, yeah, the one I was talking about earlier. Yeah, that, yeah. One, that one's pretty sick. That one's, like, my favorite. Yeah, that one's actually really cool. I personally like the uh, the one before it, the actual accuracy one, where they have, like, uh, they have the spinning target up on top of a tower, and then they have, like, the the deep, um, the, the deep, uh, what are those? The, those, those huge, like, poster boards in the corner of the end zones for like the four pointers and stuff you know what i'm talking about and they have like the slider targets coming across and stuff uh, i like that precision passing one as well um but there's so many good ones right it like it makes everything they do seem so much better and right that's yeah. why we have the pro bowl to make these players and show their greatness because yeah. they are great that's why they're in the pro bowl yeah, and, so and why before, not have these before it did not look that way Especially no. with leading up to the Pro Bowl game. Yeah, but right. Very happy with the changes that NFL is bringing to this. I Agreed. think it's going to be, one, better for the longevity of these players uh, to be able to kind of have that, one, longevity of the excitement around the Pro Bowl and also just kind of making it so it's going to be a better time uh, for everybody. Yeah, and it's keeping them healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Don't have to actually worry about taking a bad hit because it's like football. Exactly. Right? I mean, obviously you're yeah, going to Yeah, what about like ACLs or something like that or like, you know, rolling an ankle or something like that, but you don't have to worry about sure, like, the, sure, big, sure. the big stuff like breaking like a rib or something like that, or you know, getting a concussion. Right. There's there's a little there's a little bit more room um, for them to be able to compete a little bit more rather than actually playing a physical football game because that's obviously going to be the most concerning that you could have. But uh, I'm excited for the Pro Bowl. It's going to be fun. Uh, I think it's going to be in Vegas this year, um, is what the NFL say, said originally. Um, obviously, that's going to be. Uh, super fun to see where they ended up going with this and seeing how it does. So uh, I think it's going to be fun. Wait, is it in Vegas this year? I don't think. Wait, I don't think that's right. It was in Vegas uh, last year. I think it's in Orlando. Correctly. Or near Orlando. Is it in Orlando? I'm Maybe wondering if they're Tampa putting it in the same place as the Super Bowl or not. I'm I'm very curious to see how. I know. That I goes. saw. Uh, one sec. I literally just saw it. Um, I literally just saw it. Because the Super Bowl is in Glendale. It's in Arizona, right? So would it be uh, taking place at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex at Walt Disney? Oh, World so Resort it's in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's gonna be. I'm. I'm assuming then they're gonna do it the week before, not the week of the Super Bowl. So that would make yeah. sense. So, hey, maybe this would be the first opportunity. That I think Coach might actually like let Super Bowl players go, but I doubt that anybody will, just yeah, because just obviously you're playing in you're playing in the biggest football game of your career at that point. So. No distractions needed. But for us, the viewers, it's going to be a much better Pro Bowl, I think, in this, in my opinion. So uh, it's going to be fun. But anyway, final show, we're doing Joe's list of undercovered sports. And today, he actually gave me the honor yeah, to do this Brandon's selection today. today. Brandon's and today. I had to pick the great sport of cornhole. cornhole. American cornhole, cornhole I'll tell you what, if you're ever bored and you just need something to oh, occupy your cornhole. time. It's not even funny. Turn on the American Cornhole League, man. Go on YouTube, find a, a, one of the best matches on the internet, and it's just crazy because I don't want. I want to say what two, three years ago, the ACL didn't exist, and now it's on ESPN. Like, now, yeah, now it's on ESPN, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen conferences in yeah. the American Cornhole League. Yeah, that's insane. Incred- that is insane, dude. Here's a question. Who's better at cornhole? Would it be the Great Lakes region, which is Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Indiana? Or would it be like the Southeast or like the South? I feel like Midwest is just where cornhole is meant to be. That's where it was obviously corn in the name itself, I think. It's got to be Great Lakes or Midwest have got to be like the powerhouses. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of great players from that Southeast region too. So, yeah, true. Uh, but I, th- I mean, overall, I mean, you got so many great 
regions altogether. I think definitely the two you mentioned are the top of the list. But, I mean, it's just crazy the fact that we got so many of these elite-style players. And the best thing that I love about um, the American Cornhole League is they're bringing other people into this thing, um, especially with the Celebrity Super Hole, if anybody's ever seen that, where they've brought uh, people in like Jay Cutler's competed before. Um, a couple NFL players also have been in there. They brought the team from um, the CBS series SWAT. Um, they hosted like their own like tournament gathering type thing. It was super cool. And the fact is, what really like I think what a- the ACL and what the professional disc golf scene does is they make the professional circuit relatable to the local levels. Like they they make it so that you can go from being a hobby player, you can be this person that's only learned of the game on Tuesday, and you can still compete with a lot of these high-level players, and you can learn, and then you can improve, and then you can really take it to the next level if you choose to. Mm-hmm. And then you can go up in ranks, and you can buy these the same bags, these same pro two-sided suede and duck cloth bags that the pros are throwing. Like they, You can get that experience of what they're dealing with, and then again, kind of like um, the Pro Bowl is you can like be able to relate a little bit to like, oh, this is what the pros do. Mm-hmm. And then you can go out and try their shots, literally exact same board, exact same uh, bags if you choose to spend the, the, the dough to get there. Uh, but then again, it's just like their, their mission statement says, promotes and develops cornhole as a sport for any age and any skill level. And that's really what it is. You can play at any level, anytime, anywhere you can against be a somebody that's just competitive you. pro. That's pretty sick. Yeah, you can go pro, semi-pro, like uh, advanced, intermediate. There's so many categories, and like there's even a novice level. Real question is, when does the season start? Oh, yeah. This I, is like, because someone, I mean, last year it started around like February. Yeah. For, the, uh, for the Johnsonville one. Yeah. The Johnsonville series. And then uh, before that, it was like, because of Bacardi, or whatever it was, the one, the division that's sponsored by Bacardi started like, I don't know, April, May. Yeah, something like that. I think there's So it might been, be a little bit until we get some cornhole on TV, but Yeah, there's but there'll be tournaments on there every year. And now they've made their whole media digital network. Uh and, and there's just so many different competitions on so many different levels now. You have the Pro Series, you have the Johnsonville Championship Series, you have the Pro the ACL Pro Shootout Series, you have the Open Series, like there's all these different uh abilities to play and I think the the media side of it too is like they're very community friendly, like mm-hmm. being able to post uh, these. They used to have this trick shot weekly thing, which not to brag or anything, but me and my buddy Hunter actually made it before um, mm-hmm. onto that top 10 list. They actually aired on SportsCenter, which was really cool. Um, but like you can literally. Well, I remember that. Was that the one that was off the trampoline? It was an off a trampoline backflip from about 30, to 40, 30, maybe probably 20, 30 yards away. Yeah, Dude. just canned it. It was in. It was insane. I wasn't actually physically there, but I just got a random text in the afternoon in the middle of summer. I was like, "Oh, hey, dude. Uh, guess what I did?" He's like, "Uh, what'd you do?" And then he sent me the video, and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was bored this afternoon, so we wanted to try this. And then, yeah, literally, we were on Sports Center within a week. I was like, "Okay, this is cool." So, but I then they aired that stuff. Like, they are very good about getting a lot of local players and local people involved. Uh, that follow them within the social networking community. And I think that's really cool. And I think that's why sports like that, like the Disc Golf Pro Tour, like are so user-friendly and they attract so many players because they're so inviting. Yeah, and especially with a lot of these, like, I wouldn't say smaller, you know, sport leagues, but like we said, just the more undercovered ones, like we've seen that a lot of their community engagement and and their ability to connect with the people who are passionate about their sports and stuff is the reason why they're growing so fast. And it's, it's really cool to see that, like, that's kind of paying off for them, especially with ACL because, like, I've seen it too, that they're very, like, they're really into it with getting, like, their, you know, fans involved, the people who are at the at the events involved and stuff like that. It's really cool to see. And the one thing that's really cool is, like, they're, they're like, uh, celebrity series that they mm-hmm. do is really cool. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it already, but, like, that's one thing that I really like about this whole thing is because, like, you can see your favorite. It's just like when you're, it's just kind of like seeing the, the feeling that I get at least is like you're at like a cookout, you know, and yep. you, like that's what it feels like. You're just watching like these celebrities at a cookout that you're at, kind of tossing some cornhole. Yeah, it's higher stakes, obviously, but that's kind of just what you get from the feeling, you know. 
Yeah, it, you can relate to the professional side of the game. Yeah. I think that's what makes a, it cool. You ever get a four-bagger before, Brandon? Oh, I've made a couple four-baggers in my day. Okay, geez. You don't yeah. got to toss out the couple, no, Mr. Yeah. Too good at what you do. Yeah, fun fact. I actually played in a league um, over COVID. I had some time to fill now that we didn't have uh, an indoor season um, wow, two years ago. Well, like we did have an indoor season, but I was redshirting because I had a uh, broken foot at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I actually played in a league uh, at the uh, at the Res Life Church here in Big Rapids. Before. I went to a couple of those. Yeah, Joe, was, you were there a couple of those times. Yeah, I used to play in that. I played in that league like competitively. Uh, I think, and I ended up finishing uh, second or third. And there's some great players in that league. Let me tell you what. Uh, so no, it was super fun just to be like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna try this. Like I had never really played competitive cornhole before. Played it as competitive as i could for eight weeks i always knew i was pretty good but uh i just gave it a try and i was like man there's some good players and they're just locals like they're just locals coming in from 15 20 miles away and it's like man this is just one sector we have a whole like big region and then we have a whole state and then like you were mentioning these giant regions of these incredible players like it's It's just insane it's just insane uh and the one thing i would also mention here as we're kind of wrapping up to their ability to not only go on the professional side, but the college and high school side and yeah, providing cool these plot. scholarship incentives for some of these. Like they they literally will play a college tournament every year and, and the winner receives like I, I wanna say it's literally like uh like twenty thousand dollars worth of scholarship. It's to, a lot pl- of money. to play in this. Like and I think I, I wanna almost say that Ferris State has participated in it before. Maybe not though, but if they haven't, they certainly should because that would be that would be kinda cool to just to see uh, how far the dogs could go because I know we have there's a IM league um, that you can participate in for cornhole. I almost signed up for it one year, but uh, I had a couple classes that came per- came first, unfortunately. Uh, but I mean, super cool. Cornhole is a fun sport. I mean, just as fun seeing it on professional competitive level on TV or like Joe said, backyard barbecue cookout with you and your family. Like it's just as fun uh, to play with all different types of people and people diff- play in different ways too. So it's always a unique game that gets everybody involved no matter how good you are and no matter how much you're interested in it there's people of course all over the world that say you know i'll play a game cornhole once in a while yeah it's pretty sick yeah so super cool series uh joe who's your favorite player i don't okay i don't know his name exactly but he's the guy who like brings it back straight matt guy yeah yeah yep. he's the top player he I brings think, it back straight i like him because he posts like uh trick shots that he does like when he's just like messing around in his barn and stuff and he'll set it up where he has like seven boards stacked on top of each other, and like the ball or the bag just goes like straight through all of them. Mm-hmm. I like him. He's I pretty think, good. Yeah, he's really cool. Uh, there's a couple guys that I watched. Have you ever uh, watched? Uh, oh my gosh, what is his name? Uh, oh man, Cody Henderson. Have you ever watched or seen Cody Henderson, the guy that literally chirps the entire game? It's cornhole. Why are you chirping? I, I love guys who chirp. Because <laughs> so I love to chirp, too. I love to trash talk people. That's Joe like does like thing. to trash talk. That's I what's, love that. That's what's nice when we play together because you'll switch sides and you'll get a whole different dynamic. You'll get me silent, locked in. I won't say well, that's much. What, I'll congratulate you so, a couple times on a good chance, but I'm wor- I'm focusing on my own dude, game. When we were playing I Am Basketball last year, there was a time where like this kid like was starting to trash talk me. I was getting right back to him, and he kind of chirped Brandon a little bit, and I was like, "Brandon's not going to say anything. I'll say something." And it, yeah, it was funny. I'm I not going to repeat what I said. I dropped ten points after that, so yeah. that's. All I didn't I say nothing bad. I didn't say nothing bad. I didn't say like swear words or anything. Oh no no no! It was like, just a. It was a very funny little chirp back and forth type deal. Yeah, our dynamic is nice because I'll I'll hit you I'll hit you with the humble. Brandon's Brandon's good at sports. I'm not super great at sports. Brandon can back at, it up. You are good at chirping, though. But and I am good at chirping. You are better at sports than you give yourself credit for. Nah, well, maybe. I take pride in being able to do a lot of things very well. I'm not amazing at anything, but I'm great to good to great at I'm a lot of things. I'm a jack of all trades, and I take jack pride of in all, it. Yeah. I can just do a backflip. That's really about it. <laughs> you can do more than the back. Joe can shoot and pass the ball. Wicked. That's true. I got that. I got that. Jason Williams vision. He's got the Jason Williams package. Don't let him tell you he doesn't. He dropped. He. You literally dropped me an elbow pass in a game one time, and I almost dropped it. I was That's like, true. "It's coming! It's coming! I know it's coming!" 
And then you started to actually drive, and I was like, oh, crap, now I'm going to rebound. And then you threw it to me, and I was like, crap, I wasn't ready. Because uh, it's fun because you're usually the one, like for me, I'm the ones throwing the passes. I'm never actually anticipating them. Now I play with Joe that also throws flashy passes like me, and I'm like, crap, I actually have to be ready to catch these things. It's so. an electric factor really, when we get out on the court together. It is an electric We might have factor. to record one of these days when I Am Basketball season starts up. Oh, man, you're going to get me back into I Am Basketball, aren't you? I kind of am. Okay, well, looks like have to. looks like y'all are gonna have to subscribe and and follow along. We'll get week. somebody to film it, put it on the story. Yeah, put it we'll on the story. Some, we'll get some highlights. Highlight and stuff package. Like that. Let's hi- let's talk to Will. Will will hook us Maybe, up with dude, a mixtape. Will could hit us with a sick mixtape. Shout out to Will, dude. His video this week, if you haven't seen it on uh, Ferris's Instagram or the YouTube, it's a pretty clean video. Yeah, the videographer for Athletics, he has made. Um, the hype tapes, the field level hype tapes. If you haven't Him, seen Jeffy them, Jeffy and Adam have Ferris. been yeah pounding out some insane content. Those guys are absolutely great. Crazy at their talented. Job. We need to get one of them in the chair. If Probably. You, let Maybe us know all three. You, Who knows? Yeah. Let us know if you guys. Yeah. Let us know if you guys want them on the show because I think that would be a cool interview. But thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us at the MBSP on all podcasting and social media platforms. And bonus, we're on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio now. Dang. Big steps. So you can subscribe there if you're an iHeartRadio or an Amazon Music person. So we're getting you the content. You can always follow us on YouTube for our best bits and more. Thanks again to Brendan Kearney for coming on the show. And until next time. Take care, everybody.